WCSG Backstage gives you access to your favorite WCSG DJs from your family-friendly morning show, the most music for your middays, and the ride home. I'm Kathy. I'm Anja. I'm Joel, and this is WCSG Backstage. Welcome to WCSG Backstage. In this year-end episode, we keep some things from 2021 to bring into 2022, share our favorite tell-me-something-good stories from the past year, and celebrate those people that inspire us, and look ahead to 2022. Now, there's probably many things that we'd love to say goodbye to from 2021, but Mm -hmm. what's something that you want to keep from 2021 and carry on to 2022? Kathy, lead us off. Okay, you know, I had several things that I wanted to keep, and I narrowed it down. At the beginning of this year, I was doing really, really good with hostessing and like having things at my house, parties and whatnot. And I want to continue that. I want to actually kind of fine tune it and have like a family slash friends game night, like at least once a month. Maybe I kind of wanted to do like once a week, but it's hard enough to schedule, you know, to coordinate schedules. You guys know about that. Oh yeah. Uh, I have teenagers and yeah, it's very difficult. So I'm aiming, this is the goal, right? To aim uh, for once a month family game night. So with that said, what, what, family game nights would you guys suggest? What do you love to play with your families? Goodness. So I have a teenager too, mm-hmm. teenage son. So we don't game night much anymore. But when he was younger, our favorite game night was Sorry. Oh, really? Oh, the board game. The board game Sorry. Uh-huh. It was so <laughs> fun. And we would just, you know, we would do, ah, you're going to be sorry. sorry. You know, he'd be like, mom, you're going to be sorry. Oh, that's how you taught your kid to say sorry. Oh, that's good. <laughs> we always had a great time with that. Um, so I love board games mm-hmm. with kids, you know. That's so. a good one. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Sorry was always fun. We liked Candyland. Well, I think my kids well, might have <laughs> outgrown that. They're 17 and 15 now. Maybe. But we had a good time. What about you, Joel? Well, we play this one uh, at usually around the holiday because then we're all back together again. It's called Exploding Kittens. I have that. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to explain. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a card game, and it's basically a different version of Uno. You're trying to collect certain cards, and order. you're not scoring points or anything like that, but you're trying to be the one that doesn't get the Exploding Kitten card. So you're trying to make sure, though, that everybody else around you gets the bad cards or gets stuck with more cards so they have to keep playing and have more of a chance of getting the Exploding Kitten card. But you can have one card that will allow you to not take that Exploding Kitten card. But once you're done with that card, you're you're finished with it. Mm -hmm. So the chances then go back up again of you actually finding it. So it's all about strategy, you know, knowing what you have in your hand and knowing what's possibly out there. So it's it's just a little fun game. It's got it, you know, you don't keep points, you don't keep track of it. It's just whoever gets it and the last person standing is the winner. It's like old (laughs) maid to the next level. Oh yeah, yeah, with a lot more intensity. Right, right. I just am not sure where that name came from. And as a cat lover, I'm kind of having yeah, a hard yeah. time. Not loving our, that. Okay. Our, our cat has problems when we play that game too. She oh, always kind of takes it personally. 
<laughs> well, back to uh, the thing that you would keep from 2021. Angela, what do you think? You know what? The one thing that I want to keep um, and carried over from 2020 as well is time. Hmm. Time. Mm. I Right? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my word. I didn't realize uh, until the pandemic how much I just love quality time with yeah. people. And, oh, I, yeah. and I'm, I'm pretty much, you guys know me. I'm pretty social. Yeah. I love yeah. going out yeah. and hanging out with people. But what I've found is I just really love sitting with people and talking. So I would love to have the time. I want to continue mm-hmm. carrying mm. that over. You know, and it, it's an intentional thing. Yeah. You, you have to... You have to intentionally make time for one another. Yeah. And, um, you know, our world is busy, even even post-pandemic and just trying to get back to what we call the new normal and that right. sort of yeah. thing. It is very busy. But, boy, I just I love being able just to slow down a little bit and just share some good quality time with people mm, that are that's important good. to me. That's good. Those are the times that those are the things that last, too. Right. Okay, yep. That leave impressions of people when you take your time mm-hmm. to do that and settle down with them and just focus on that one thing and put everything else aside, turn the phone off and just be able to interact with somebody a lot more deeply. That's really cool. That's good. And you do, like you said, you have to be very intentional with that to maybe not watch that extra TV show and, you know, spend time with people. So that's good. That's a good one. What about you, Joel? I'll say. Well, I'm kind of the opposite because I'm much more of an introvert. So for me during the pandemic, and I've shared this with other people, for me, it was just like, oh, wow, cool. I get to be by myself a lot more. And and I'm (laughs) fine with that. it's socially acceptable. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm okay. I'm not having any problem. Yeah. (laughs) The thing that I wanted to hold on to was a bigger sense of optimism uh, about the upcoming year. I like looking at all the material about what's going to happen, what's -hmm. possibly down the road. And there are a lot of bad signs (laughs) that could be coming our way. Uh, Leave it. I know. That would be great. But I think the the thing that I developed over this last year and what I want to carry into is a sense of optimism for the next year. Yeah, we've got problems. Yeah, things there are some stuff doesn't look great. But at the same time, there's always hope. And it's not just hope that's just kind of like Pollyannish. Oh, you know, I'm hoping that everything will be great. No, I, I look at some things that are taking place right now even and go, wow, if that works out, We've got a good year ahead of us as possibilities for all kinds of things. And, and I, you know, I'm the news guy, so I'm taking all this information in right. from different places. But it's, it's always about, well, what, is, what does the data say? What are these people looking at? And, and there's just so much that's positive that's going on. Absolutely. And, and that we need to take advantage of and, and re- realize, too, that our lives are held by God. Mm. We are in his care. We God. Uh, he, he has not abandoned us. He has not forgotten us. And so we have a lot to look forward to, uh, a, a time to spend with family and with friends, doing activities that keep us excited and happy and bring joy to other people. I think there's a lot to be excited and, and optimistic about moving into the next year. So I want to take that and bring that with me into 2022. That is really, really good. What a great reminder. It's uh, it's said that for every negative story, you need like five positive stories, you know, or <laughs> right, compliments. Right. And I think that we just have to work, like you were talking about, Anja, just about being intentional and Joel being intentional with bringing optimism in. You know, we just have to be intentional with looking to what God has for us in every situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell me something good. 
So there are certainly some challenges over the past year, but there were definitely some stories worth celebrating, like I was just talking about. It's time to share our favorite Tell Me Something Good stories of the year. Anja, why don't you go first? So I had a lot of thoughts, a lot of stories that came through in my mind, you know, national stories. But the one local story that really... um, I thought was pretty awesome. The tell me something good that happened started with something bad. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in 2020 in Grand Rapids were the riots and you remember it was such an unbelievable night. Like I remember my son coming home and telling me about it and I'm like, what? Yeah. What? That's really happening. He goes, mom, turn on the news, you know, because I had already settled in for the night or whatever. But there were so many things that have come from that night Mm -hmm. that we saw carry over in 2021. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is really the way the community has come together, Mm -hmm. you know, and I remember right away after the riot, the community jumped in, people were cleaning up, I remember power washing, you know, the buildings and that sort of thing. But that is still, there is still a sense of community that has come from that. And it's not that we've got perfect things happening. But I think that we really can see just Grand Rapids and West Michigan um, joining together and just deciding that, you know what, this is not going to Mm -hmm. be bad again right we're gonna we're gonna stick Mm. it out together yeah that's cool that's encouraging i mean that's the way it happens a lot of times something uh great comes from something just that looks and seems like terrible you know terrible so that's a good perspective yeah, I remember that night, and, and I remember the next day I was thinking, well, maybe in the midst of all that, why not just go downtown and see if there's anything I could do? And so mm-hmm. I put a couple of shovels and some brooms in the back, and we just started sweeping up some broken glass outside of a business. But it was just so cool to be able to see so many people gather around like that and get involved you know you look at that and and realize that in the midst of all this people were using their expertise and their skills to try and help somebody else they didn't even know yeah and and that's just so amazing too you know but coupled with your experience there and recognize that the community started out immediately and it's just kind of continued to grow and and that's really cool i've been downtown a couple of times recently for the couple of concerts you know for yeah country Mm -hmm. and mercy me we had those shows and being able to spend time downtown again and and not just downtown but just community too and just loving all the smiles the people enjoying each other and it just there's a sense of something different you know that's good we've gotten through this together that's good it's good well, some of you may know, not everybody does, uh, but my background is I, I'm a Native American. And so I, I feel attuned to the issues that go on in the country. And, and one of them uh, surrounding COVID this past year uh, affected uh, one of the largest Native American reservations, which is the Navajo and Hopi out west. Uh, they have about 27,000 square miles. and But on that, they only have like about 13 grocery stores and 12 hospitals. So it's kind of a akin to having to drive from Grand Rapids to Lansing to go grocery shopping. That's the kind of distance that they have to travel. So when COVID hit, though, the population doesn't have the access to the medical resources we are blessed with here in Grand Rapids. Uh Well, on that reservation, that's a lot harder. So a group out there started up a GoFundMe page, the Navajo and Hopi Families COVID-19 Relief Fund. They started out with kind of a modest goal, about a million dollars 
dollars to raise to try and help get food, supplies, personal protection equipment, and access to vaccines to people on the reservation. So it took a lot of money to do that. Well, they had a modest goal, and they were kind of like, well, hopefully we'll get that. Well, word got around because today the amount of money they've raised so far is 7.7 million dollars hmm, wow. out of a, an original goal of 1 million wow and the the extra cool part of that is that a lot of that money has actually come from the country of Ireland because during the great famine in Ireland members of the Navajo and Hopi sent money to the people of Ireland after they heard about their need. <sighs> and so it just it was one of those moments in history where it was like, we recognize there's a need. Yeah. Here's how we can help. So like pay it back. And That's so awesome. exactly. And so as as it's kind of fun to read their um the people that donate and and it's all attributed back to that. They're like you helped us. This is our way of of repaying your kindness mm -hmm. to help out. And so I, I thought it was a really cool story of of hope and of action and response, grace and caring and love. Mm, beautiful picture of the church. Exactly. Wow. My story is more recent. I think it just happened this month. I didn't even realize it was like supposed to be over the whole <laughs> this whole year, but I still liked it and I was like, I'm keeping it. Um, it's about a woman who is reunited with her wedding ring after 50 years. Oh. I'll tell you why I chose that story after I'm done with it, but 86-year-old Peggy McSween from... Um, Scotland, she believed she'd lost her golden engraved wedding band forever after it slipped off her finger while gathering potatoes near her home. And uh, after she shared this story with her neighbor, who is an avid metal detectorist, that's a word, that's a, that's a real word. <laughs> is that the right yeah. word? Donald McAfee, he decided to make it his mission to find her lost ring. So she's like, it's, it's fine, I got a new one, but he was like, nope, I'm finding it. So over the course of the next three days, which I think is kind of cool that it's three days, like significant, he took his metal detector and searched the sandy coastal meadow where the potato patch once was, it wasn't even there anymore, and the, the area had become a popular spot over the years, resulting in a significant number of buried things such as horseshoes, pull rings, and metal cans uh, that could be confusing to you know uh, a metal detector. And um, he said, however, he persisted, and on the third day, something about the third day, he unearthed her precious, precious, wow. I have to say it right, precious, <laughs> treasure, right? And uh, okay, so this is the part where I really wish uh, Steve was in here because he does a really great Scottish accent. Um, so I'm going to try it, mm, but we're going to edit this out if it's bad. Uh, so McPhee said, on third day, I found the ring. I was absolutely flabbergasted. I had searched an area of 5,000 square meters. It was a one in 100,000 chance and certainly my best find. It was a fluke. There was a technique involved, but I just got lucky. How'd I do? How'd I do? <laughs> We're keeping it. That was okay. great. Okay. So I, I just think that's really cute that, you know, her neighbor helped, um, helped her find a ring. And after his miraculous find, he immediately brought the ring to Peggy, who said it was in immaculate condition after 50 wow. years and buried in the potatoes. Maybe that's a secret. And it still fit perfectly. Aww. So, um, you know, he said that um, he had started metal detecting seven years ago after watching YouTube videos because, you know, you can learn, well, you can learn everything lot, yeah. on YouTube. And he said that got me interested. And this is for many reasons my best find. Aww. Okay, so 
the reason why that story was really significant to me is because I know a ring is just a thing, but my husband actually lost his um, his wedding ring that I had gotten for him and like I paid for with my own money when I was young, you know, and I got it engraved. It was really special. Like I, I put a lot of effort into picking it out and he lost it a couple years into our marriage and we got him a new one. You know, he's, he does he does wear a wedding ring, so don't worry. But um, that just gives me hope that, I mean, we've been married now 20, almost 23 years and it gives me hope maybe it could be found but it also gives me hope you know just about the things that we tend to give up on the things the people maybe that we tend to give up on that are lost Mm. and there's always hope like you were saying Joel there's always hope that the lost can be found and um, we just gotta keep searching that's awesome Well, as we often see here at WCSG, we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. So as you look back on 2021, tell me a little bit, who was someone that inspired you? Kathy? Well, this was really, really hard for me because I was like, there are so many people. How can I just choose one? And I, I, I narrowed it down and this might seem like the lazy answer, but my mom and dad, so like I look at them as like one, right? But in their, just their relationship with each other and then they're just really good for each other. They, they spur each other on to become better people. My dad's 82 and my mom is 78. Every single day are still doing the Lord's work. Um, they haven't slowed down in that department. They always are looking for people and opportunities um, to learn but also to just be in people's lives and to share the gospel. Like they're not, they don't hold back. And so they just have inspired me to be better at being a friend, better at being a light and just in general, a a better person. So, and they don't, you know, they don't pretend to be perfect. They know their struggles, um, but yet they know where their strength comes from, which is more important. And so they've just been a really good example for many years, but they just continually inspire me. So mom and dad. My uh, most inspiring person is my baby sister. Hmm. So um, my sister is um, a lot younger she's 35 well and that's only significant because well, well she's two uh, years difference yeah, I mean, come on couple you know? years. what are you talking about just yeah it's just a couple of years she and her husband um had their first son my nephew is almost 12 and they wanted to have more children and it just hmm. it just didn't happen for yeah. them her name is esther and uh, my brother-in-law is dan so when she got pregnant yeah. it was uh, we what you know, so she was pregnant through most of 2020, and my nephew, my second nephew, Aiden, was due this past year in February. Right. However, he came 10 weeks early. Oh. Yeah, that's right. We were praying about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he, um, so Aiden Lee will be um, celebrating his first uh, birthday wow. here in just a couple of oh. weeks. But it was very difficult. It was very touch and go. It was, I mean, 10 weeks early. That's yeah. very yeah. premature. Yeah. He was teensy weensy. Um, and because it was, you know, still pretty much part of the pandemic, uh, no one could go to the hospital except for Dan and, and Esther. Mm. And he was in the hospital for about three months. And he didn't come home, so nobody could meet him. Nobody yeah. saw him. We didn't That's know. Scary. And so my sister and her husband, through it all, were able to hold not only their marriage together, but grow much stronger mm-hmm. and in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They still, with my nephew, who is now 12, being able to still parent him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just an inspiration to watch her move through this. And, you know, and I, I keep saying her, 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 and I know it's it's the whole family, but um, yeah. it was yeah. 
It was tough on mom. And she made it. And she did it. (laughs) And she made it. And she's wonderful. And Aiden is strong. And, you know, like I said, we'll be celebrating his first birthday real, real soon. Wow. She is definitely an inspiration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Um, I, as some of you know, I was part of a committee. Our church has been searching for a new pastor, and so I was part of a committee that was helping to put forward um, the ideas of what we were looking for and how we were going to be able to integrate our new pastor into our congregation and what that was going to look like. And, and we deliberately asked people from different walks of life, different ages, different uh, ethnic groups. We had a very diverse committee put together, but two people that really inspired me were our youngest members of our committee. Uh, We had a high school student and we had a college student. And I was just amazed at their attentiveness, their preparedness, and how they they attended these meetings and were involved. I know there were several times where all of us who are a little bit older were looking at each other going like, wow, did we get the right people on this committee? Because these two just had insight into their age group, but they were also so very committed to making sure that whoever came in was prepared to share the gospel Mm. and was prepared to minister to people. And we were just like, how are you so young? (laughs) Yet this This is a major concern for you. And it was just so amazing. And it encouraged me by saying, yeah, okay, our church is going to be good in the, in the, near, in the future because we've got, if, if you guys are this attuned to it, man, I am just excited about the future because that's just going to be infectious in our congregation. I'm just so excited about it. So those two young people, Asher and Aubrey, just did such a phenomenal job. And it was just, it was incredible to watch and to take part and, and be a part and sharing that with them. That's really cool. I'm glad that your committee like thought to have different ages and in different people from different um, stages of life. That's really important because we can learn from the young, we can learn from the older, we can learn from the same age. So yeah, really good example that your church is setting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hope so. As nice as it is to look back at 2021, it's also pretty exciting to look ahead. You know, as we wrap up things for this episode, just wondering in five words or less, what is your hope for the new year? The lost will be found. Oh, I mean, I kind of wanted to tie. I like to tie things into a neat little box. And so that kind of ties in the story from before. But really, the lost will be found. The people that lost jobs will find them. The people that um, lost loved ones will find people that, you know, um, are new in their life that maybe, you know, especially the people that are lost, uh, you know, spiritually will be found. I think that was that was like at the top of my brain when I said that, because there are people in my family that are lost and I'm praying for them and I have hope that they will be found. Awesome. Joel? We'll make it together. Oh. Because I think that that's really symbolic of what Christ has promised us together. You know, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with us. He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. And as we demonstrate unity within our congregations or our organizations, you move forward together. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I really, truly believe that. And I think, too, the same thing can be said for us as believers around the world. You know, we've got hope. Yeah. We've, we've got uh, something to look forward to. And um, But but we do it together. Awesome. Good. It's good. It's good. So mine's only three words. Oh. God honoring normal. 
you know how since the pandemic we're always talking about the new normal yeah, yeah. this is going to be the new normal yeah. and that's the, what i am praying for is a god honoring normal Girl, so that's our good. new normal mm. is going to honor god and yeah. we can be able to move forward in this next year in whatever it looks like and however it's going to be but that we can honor God. Amen. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Way to end it. Thanks again for spending time with WCSG Backstage. For more information, head to wcsg.org and search the keyword Backstage. Happy New Year from all of us at WCSG. I'm Kathy. I'm Anja. I'm Joel. And this is WCSG WCSG Backstage. Backstage.